0: Welcome back to another episode of Recap, the podcast where we talk about the latest news featured on our platform, along with a little bit of discussion on the side. This is news that matters most to our voters, and we encourage our legislators to not only listen, but to also act on what they hear. If you're new here, I am your host, Joshua Hyde. With me today are our analyst, Alex Crohannon, and one of our writers, Anthony Arnold. Guys, how you doing today?
1: Doing good. Doing good, fellas. Just been continue to binge watch Supernatural with my wife.
0: Oh, dude, supernatural is phenomenal. Yes, yes. What for like what four mean, seasons? It's good Wait. for four seasons. We don't. Th- we don't have time for me to explain to you why you're wrong. So I'm just gonna go ahead and ignore that, and we're gonna go ahead and move on. So you can tell, Anthony, you can tell the audience
2: to at me. It's fine. <laughs>
0: I will. I will say. I will say. I understand why people feel that way, but I do believe it's worth sticking it out to the end. As someone who's seen all the seasons, you're. You're. This is America. You're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> okay, that's what I get for trying to bring you back in the conversation, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Talk to me about our polls, man.
1: All right. So as I say, uh, our polls are, are, are all on social media every Friday. So feel free to, to, to find us there and, and respond. So the poll I'm choosing is from a couple of weeks ago. We asked, should teachers be given the opportunity to be vaccinated if they choose to be before being required to return to in-person teaching? Or should teachers be required to be vaccinated before returning to in-person teaching? Or should teachers just return to in-person teaching without any vaccination conditions? Uh, Regina Williams-Hyde. Responded on our Facebook page saying teachers, yep, that's your mama, saying teachers should be vaccinated before returning. Those that are teaching in person should be first while phasing in those that are currently teaching from home. So I wanted to ask this to you guys because um, I think that while it is very, if you require teachers to be vaccinated, then you are going to keep kids out of school even longer, especially because we've seen some hesitancy among some teachers to get the vaccine in the first place. You know, you have all the same problems of like people of color may not be trustful of the vaccines. People who generally don't trust vaccines aren't gonna be trustful of them. And some of those people are teachers. Um, And this is directly at odds with like what Biden would like to do, which is get kids back in school as quick as possible. And we see this play out in places like Chicago already where there was tension between the schools and the government. We've seen it play out in San Francisco. So, um, what is your guys's a uh, feeling? Which of those three options do you think we should take? Do you think there's another option? Uh, you know, I, I'm just curious where you guys are with this question.
0: So I can't speak on behalf of all teachers, but I do live with one, and yeah. as far as we've discussed and how she feels more specifically. Um, I don't believe that many teachers, at least as of right now, want to be teaching virtually. In most cases, most teachers and all the people who are educating want to be in the building with the people they're educating. That's generally how these institutions are designed. Um, In most cases, a lot of them went virtual as like a like method of continuing their operation rather than like wanting to do that as a whole. And so I personally believe that we should vaccinate all of our teachers and then send them all back into the classroom because as far as I'm aware, that's where they wanna be. Um, also, we know that that's probably where we need our kids to be so that way our economy can run. But as a whole, I think it should be up to the people. However, I think the, the schools may require it. I don't know if, you know, how we want to actually designate that. But I personally believe that they should be vaccinated before returning so that way they can return. Okay. Yeah. All right, Alex.
2: I mean, um, so similarly, my my wife's also a teacher. And um, so we've never, we had, the elementary school has basically never stopped this school year. Uh, we, had, we had one week where COVID cases were so high that the um, county health department said, shut it down but other than that we've been in person the whole time and my wife would like nothing more than to uh it's like to get the vaccine but um just can't like she's like in indiana the um, people are uh teachers aren't part of the uh premium like the the premium like first responders yep. um network and so she was she's been told to get in line with everybody else which is uh pretty morally reprehensible um my opinion i would agree um, so yeah, yeah, I'd agree I, I, I i largely i take a little bit more of a middle middle ground here, uh than like than uh josh here if a school wants to acquire it they are free to do so but otherwise i'd say i would give teachers per like the preferred stat, you know, preferred status give them the the um the same thing you're giving to um uh, frontline and emerge, like and uh, emergency staff people and, and and go from there if uh, say if you have people who um don't want to be vaccinated but do want to come back um explain say um explain that to like to the parents and like the, like that's what you have a like that's what you have the oh the parent um, P, the Pto for
1: yeah yeah all right. Well, I like both of your answers. Uh, I should say, my wife is a preschool teacher, and I think, which is it's and bizarrely, I had preschool no idea teachers are
0: we all married to teachers. Yeah. that's
1: crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny, <laughs> really funny. Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, but weirdly, preschool teachers are left out of this. Uh, I don't think anyone really can. Somehow, they're just not considered. <laughs> so he says we have an automatic teacher bias, which is yes, uh, which is we, true. We 100 percent do. That's we true. have an automatic wife bias.
2: <laughs> also
0: true. I say,
2: shouldn't everybody have like a teacher bias?
0: Yes, who would
1: think, right? Who are these anti-teacher people? And I think it's really acute and it's, it's bizarre because my wife is a diabetic and she is also not going to be prioritized, I don't think. So she's both a preschool teacher and a diabetic and will also just be waiting, I'm assuming. So all of this talks about you know how hard this is going to be because she's been, she's been working the last few weeks uh, after her knee surgery. And this stuff is going to be hard. This is going to be something hard to figure out if we just wait for people to get vaccines. Kids are going to be out of school. As someone with school-age kids, I can tell you that's been like a nightmare in many ways for us. Uh, it's been really hard. So uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to bring this poll question up. Like I said, these these come out every Friday on social media. So uh, respond and and uh, engage with us there. We're normally you know pretty good about responding or, or putting our own opinions in there when we see fit. So, all right, man, that's all I got.
0: All three of us are really active on our Facebook page, uh, especially you, Anthony. You love to <laughs> <laughs> you love to toss your oh, opinions on articles yeah. and, and well, such as
1: well. So, well, well,
0: well, uh, two,
2: well the two of you are.
1: Well fair. I believe fair. in fan engagement and I will I will
0: debate a fan. As will I. I just don't I don't look at the the site as often as I do like my regular Facebook page. Yeah. But like every other day or so, um, I'm I'm like seeing what's on there and seeing what's going on. I just like my notifications are weird, so I don't always see it. I have to like search it out. But that that's neither here nor there. So this may be tipping my hat just a, a tiny bit. But I wonder, just a, a tiny little extra piece about the, vac- the vaccination conversation here. I wonder if having the vaccine rollout be handled by the federal government instead of state governments would have made a difference in this case. But that's... We're, we'll we'll get we'll get to that a bit later. That's just an interesting little f- piece piece for thought. Alex, Mr. Analyst. All right. So we we are gonna we're gonna start we're gonna start on the
2: on COVID, but we're gonna move to something else. Okay. So, um, because I have good good news, everyone. Our total cases. Uh, so this is still a, you know still still sad numbers, 27,000, sorry, 27,882,557 total cases in the United States, which is only an increase of 71,214 cases this week. That's actually, as
0: as awful as that is, that's actually pretty great.
2: Yeah, uh, we've only added two, we're only, we, we're still, we're still above, but we're, we're Below, we're now down. We're back down to 2,100 new deaths a week. Sorry, that's a day. 2,100 new deaths a day. Again. Oh, but that's down. That number, but it's down. And yes. That's down. Right.
0: Yes. That's,
2: that's that's unfortunate progress. Yes. So we're we're like so a total the death toll total is 496,112. I
0: never thought we'd get this high. Um. Uh, no.
2: Current hot spots are some of these we've seen before. So Arizona um is is a hot spot utah which is the first time they've cracked our hot spot list yeah um <laughs> north dakota and south dakota tennessee and rhode island that's an huh. interesting
0: spread right now yes very bizarre what, what brought that on i wonder i'll have a great no, that, explanation yeah right that now. no i wasn't asking <laughs> that that was more of a rhetorical question i wasn't actually yeah. expecting you to have an answer to that. yeah well that's interesting
1: because the dakotas were doing good with vaccinations i believe yeah that's what I thought. So, <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: I don't I don't know. Huh. I'd have to I have to look into like there's a, like you said it's a very peculiar spread. There's something that like immediately jumps out and be like this is obviously the answer. Yeah. I wonder uh, if there are a
0: couple of maybe super spreader events that would have happened around that around those and like
2: say in, in in those individual areas, yeah, cool yeah. On, that's yeah. possible.
0: So the other story
2: that I want to talk
0: about is what happened in Texas over the past week. So, that's actually what I was originally gonna have our discussion this week be about, <laughs> honestly. But I didn't know exactly how I wanted to broach that conversation, so I'm glad you brought it up. So that way we can we can at least discuss well, it somewhat so, here. So,
2: so, so I want to talk about the two point, the uh over two point nine million people in uh, in Texas who were reported without power through um over over the week. There were um, last the last official count were 21 there were at least 21 people uh, killed in Texas as a result of the, the, the weather and the lack of power. And then and if that wasn't you know bad enough in the uh, now that they have, now that they have power again, most of them have power and water again. Uh, they're now facing insane power, um, uh, power bills. Somewhere, uh, say, um, in some instances is, um, you know, exceeding $3,000. Oh, that's, yeah. What? Why? Uh, this is from a CNN article. Um, while I'm trying to get gas and groceries and make sure that my pipes don't explode, the last thing I'm thinking about is my $7,000 bill from my utility company.
1: Ah, uh, So,
2: yeah. Okay, so you're you're I can see your face, Josh, and you want to know like, <laughs> so so why is the like so why are these power bills? Uh, so, okay, so what happened? Let's start, but let's start by breaking down what happened. So there's the winter vortex that um, that came through and hit something like 20 states in the union. Yeah, uh, you know uh, I know like my wife went to school one day um, uh, last week um, because we had 10 inches of snow on Tuesday. Yep. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. So, um, so what happened in Texas was, yeah, so the governor is, and Fox News and, uh, and some other places are putting all of this to blame on um, the windmills in Texas, which stopped because they are not properly winterized. Um. So part of the way that the wind, like the windmills work, like the windmills will burn fuel to spin when the like when there's not enough wind. Yes, it's strange. Like moving on. And those in te- the ones in Texas were not properly winterized, and so the um and so the oil froze. That meant that their wind like their wind farm just doesn't work, and that cut. Uh, and the wind farm produces about. Accounts for about twelve to fifteen percent of um, Texas's energy budget, and while twelve to fifteen percent is not too like is not trivial, it's not nothing. Um, it's certainly not enough to cause millions of people to lose power. What causes millions of people to lose power is that the same like that same problem that the techno- like the equipment, just not winterized also hit the other major contributors in the Texas power economy oil like oil and natural gas, which also uses oil. Huh. So when both of the when the machinery for both of those things freeze, yeah your power grid just kind of collapses yeah <laughs> because they weren't properly winterized. but this this is all um compounded because Texas is not on the power grid that the rest of the country is on
0: yeah the power
2: grids the rest of the country is on. so there are three power grids in the united states there is the eastern one which is everything east of the rocky mountains excluding texas texas and then everything west of the rocky mountains typically uh, like you have your utility and they manage like and they manage their like uh, like their power output and um and the like but and sometimes they have to like your state runs a deficit because um unexpected things happen like a winter storm and so like everybody has to just like increase their uh increases their power production which puts further strain on the power so then the power generators have to produce more sometimes there's a delay and so you you compensate for this by negotiating with other states to draw power from, like to use their excess power over here
0: okay and that works that. because
2: we're all in we all have this interconnected redundant like redundancies in the system. But not Texas. But not right. Texas. Texas couldn't draw from other places because they are on their own, um, their own grid. And you might ask, well, why are they on their own grid? And the answer is because uh the federal government gets to put regulations on power grids if they pass state lines. So Texas's solution was we will just cut off all of our. <laughs> All of the things that pass state lines, and you don't get to regulate it. Texas will do what Texas wants. Sounds like Texas.
1: Exactly. When trying to avoid commerce regulation goes terribly wrong. Yes.
2: <laughs> and so I say, um, which means that they were not proper, like, which leads to their equipment was not properly winterized as is um, regulation. And so, and so then when the winter storm hit, they weren't prepared. Yep. And now they're trying to make up for the deficit. Yes. Yep. Um, but also because they're not regulated um in the, uh, say in the same way, they can do um, a system uh which is called market pricing yep and so if you use power on off hours, you can be charged less than um if, if you use it on peak hours because this power is being generated anyway and it's in we have more supply there um, there is less demand the price goes down
1: like surge pricing for ubers.
2: Okay. Precisely. Yep. <laughs> um. And and in the light of the pandemic, um, one such one of these um power companies that uh, or businesses that does this is something called Gritty Energy. Um. And a lot and they've seen a surge of business as a result of the pandemic, with so many people being um out of work. A lot of people were looking to you know to cut costs wherever they could, and that included this let's say um this market energy price but here's the problem with with the market right is that yeah it's variable and you can get say you can get deals but when but you're also victim to the market and yep. when there is little supply and high demand the price goes up yep and so that is leading to the um uh i say so here's um a screenshot from um from some uh from uh, David Astrine, um, who is a gritty customer in Texas. Their in rate was $3.07 per kilowatt hour. They used 800 in the in the span from February 1st to February 20th. They used 893 kilowatt hours. So their wholesale electricity bill was $2,587.25. The month is not over yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. So everybody had to use had to use their power during peak surge hours, and uh,
0: yeah, now they're eating that cost. Yep. Yeah. I so there's a lot that's that's been thrown out around Texas. I think there's a lot of misinformation, especially. Um, there were a lot of people who who didn't know that Texas had its own power grid. There's a lot of people who I know of uh, who were like blaming all kinds of things. Um, for, for the outage saying, I, I think the, the most ridiculous one I saw, I don't know if we posted it on podcast or not. There was an article talking about how I think either one of the governors or like one of the people around them was like saying that Biden sent the storm to them. Um, and all bunch out their nonsense. So I was just like, what, like, really, really though? Um, but I guess my, my only real question is, like, it, so say I have a $7,000 bill, right? Like, oh. and I live how I live right now. Like, I wouldn't be able to afford that at all. Like, how, how does that work? Like, do they just have their power cut off? What does that mean for people no. who have those bills? No one knows. Um, right. So
2: the <laughs> uh, so Texas officials, including um Texas uh, Governor uh, Greg Abbott, um has uh, like is coming out and saying you know it is unacceptable so this direct quote is unacceptable for texans who suffered through the days in the freezing cold without electricity or heat to now be hit with skyrocketing energy costs and um to protect families i am actively working with the lieutenant governor the speaker of the house and members of the legislature to develop solutions to ensure texans are not on the hook for unreasonable spikes in their energy bills
0: okay that's okay
1: i mean the other thing I would assume is since Biden declared it an official state of emergency, I'm assuming that opens up some FEMA funds. Mm-hmm. Also fair, yeah. That would be my assumption here is that uh, there would be some FEMA money coming th- to some people.
0: Well, that that at least gives me some hope because that's not going to just be awful. Though, um, at SA, and as I
2: and though right, rightly so, some people are already, um, and they are commenting and they're like this is another example of blue, st- as of blue states subsidizing red states for their poor policy i mean where's the line though
1: <laughs> I, I i mean oftentimes it seems as if that's simply red and blue but it's also just like if you have incompetent leadership at your state level like you are you are a drag on others and it can be we can see that with blue states too i mean you know cuomo isn't providing like a shining example of leadership right now either
2: you're fair. right. And, and, Gavin New,
1: and Gavin Newsom in California is not setting anybody's hair on fire right now. So like, <laughs> <laughs> like we've got, but I mean, you know, we don't talk enough about local politics, but like, look, local politics matters, matters more than the federal ones do in many ways. And now would we agree. see stuff like this. It's like pay attention to your governor races, your state legislator races. They matter a lot.
0: Also pay attention to your policies. I, I, I yeah. wonder how many people in Texas knew that they were on their own power grid like how how common knowledge is that even in the state that it was applied to I wonder
1: uh I would assume it it wouldn't be I mean I don't know anything about how IPL or Duke handles their business here in Indiana nothing I have no idea (laughs) how how, well they are for anything
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's fair I have no clue either say
2: my uh father-in-law works for MISO, so I know (laughs) some (laughs) things
0: right okay
2: like picture than like most than yeah. most people do. Yeah, but like that is a, that is that is by nature of <laughs> that random right.
0: connection, right. not <laughs> anything right. else. Just got a tad bit of insider information. Is all that is. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? This was this was a good way to get and more those fun. are the numbers. <laughs> True, yes. <yeah. laughs> those those are the current numbers. Absolutely. So um, before we get too deep into anything else, I want to go over, I want to go over a couple of the articles on the, the site right now, specifically the Facebook page that I find very interesting. One of which I never thought I would see, which is an Arkansas senator is apparently leaving the GOP. I'm going to, I'm probably going to say this wrong because I think I wrote it down wrong. Jim Hendren, I believe. He's a longtime Arkansas legislator and nephew to the current governor. And he stated he is leaving the Republican Party. Uh, He cites Trump's rhetoric uh, involving like election fraud and everything else, along with the actual Capitol riot as his reasons. He's clashed with Republicans several times in the past, involving several acts, several parts of policy, but he views the Capitol riot as his, quote, last straw. Um, he may possibly run as an independent, but his current political future is unknown.
2: Now, I say he's a you know, he's a state yeah.
0: senator, Correct. right? Yes. He's not us. the
2: he is not the senator for he's not the representative of
0: Arkansas for the Senate. Correct. Yeah. He's a state senator. I probably should have mentioned that. I'm sorry. I, 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 I didn't write that part down, but I probably should have. That's an important I, it, it was. It was just more for more for the audience. Fair. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for keeping me <laughs> on it, Alex. That's exactly why you're here. Um, so that's a thing. Um, it, it's, it's interesting to know that among, amidst all the things involving Trump and all the things that we know and feel about the Republican Party, there are people who – we know, Well, I mean, we know that the Republicans have always been as divided as they are now involving Trump. We just know that while he was president, it was a bit harder to, you know, not side with him. But now that everything's said and done, I'm, I'm glad that there are people who are moving away from things that they feel as though they can no longer stand. I hope more Republicans do the same. Um, not saying this because I find myself a Democrat, I'm saying this because we all need to distance ourselves from Trump if we can. Authoritarians <laughs> are bad? Yeah. Fascists are bad. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, they are. So the other thing, and this is kind of the big thing I wanted you guys' opinion on, is the article re- or the article involving scientists cloning a US endangered species. Um, this is this article is referencing Elizabeth Ann who was born in December and was cloned from the genes of an animal that died over 30 years ago, a black-footed ferret. Uh, This is currently an an extinct um, version of ferrets. And she's currently being raised at a Fish and Wildlife Service breeding facility in Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, What the the two things I think is most interesting is that she herself is a genetic copy of a ferret named Willa, who died back in 1988. Uh, Willa's remains were frozen right around the time in which DNA was starting to become like readily used and available and such. And uh, apparently, according to this article, several other animals of this nature have been either cloned or recreated or what have you. And cloning could in fact be a way to bring back many other extinct species. um, Endangered species. Oh, sorry, yes. Endangered species. That we have cloning data for.
1: We said this off-air before we recorded, but we'll just say it on air. Dr. Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. I'm just going to read the quote. (laughs) But your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. (laughs) So that's that's the quote. That's my feelings. Like, yes, we, we, we could do this, but the, the doors that we're opening up here.
2: So, yeah.
1: And granted those doors are going to be open no matter what. And there's no, there's no chance of walking back through them now. Like this is the world we live in, but um,
2: this is the bizarre
1: thing to do. We
2: probably do have a a moral imperative to to do everything we can to protect these species. And I'm not, I say, and not just like on the, it's the right thing to do, but humans are the <laughs> dominant species on the planet right now and have been for a, a few while. thousand years. But those are based upon conditions that have, that have, that have held true for that time. Remember that dinosaurs were the, were the largest, say were the largest um, set, you know, Not individual species, but... um, so, So a form of dinosaur was the dominant species on the planet for far more thousands of years than we have been. And they're not here now. And that's because of like the conditions in which they became the dominant species on the planet changed. So we should have a vested interest in maintaining the set of circumstances that put us here now for as long as possible. And that probably does entail, like, if this species has been, or, like, serves a niche in the environment, you should maintain it. That's fair. Um, So, like, so part of, like, part of the reason, so not for SARS, uh, sorry, not for COVID in particular, but the SARS outbreak occurred because the species that, they kept the population, like, the the bat population in check, Went away, yeah. Because we drove it, like we just drove it from its the ch- we people, the the chi- like the um, Chinese people drove it away from its natural habitat because they were industrializing, and that led to more to closer interaction, and that disturbed the bat's habitat, which then caused it to to move into a place where it wasn't where it hadn't been before, and closer to people, which led to that conversion and that's just going to get more and more common as we continue to do these things if we don't take steps to not do those things
1: yeah but this is going to come with some other issues i mean i it mentions in the article like the ferrets they've done this to all come from the same handful of like uh members which is going to lead to a lack of genetic diversity among those ferrets which will have like they'll be more susceptible to other things because they're not being bought back and like they mentioned they've done this to horses and they're, they're having the same problems with those horses it's like when there's not genetic diversity among people like what you used to see among the ancient royal families it's like they would all just interbreed with each other and that's why you would get like insanity eventually
0: and and in, like, yeah. All, <laughs> all
1: right, right. And all no, sorts of like health problems. No.
2: oh yeah, health problems, yes. Insanity, right, right. no. Right. Would um, you get yeah, but,
1: it. right. Some of, but like when I mean say I mean like you would get like some 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 health problems that to Right. Would so, so um so the states.
2: Tasmanian devil population has this problem now. Um their cancer is actually transmittable. It's infectious.
1: Oh, what?
2: Yes. <laughs> so oh. um so Tasmanian devils are so similar genetically. Um, like, so one, okay, so they're very aggressive species. And so they fight and they and they use their claws and they use their teeth and they like, um, and so if you have a Tasmanian devil with cancer and it gets into a fight with another one, the gore from the fight get into their cells as well. And they're so similar that it just takes up, it just takes up residence. Oh,
1: that's insane. That's, crazy. Yes it's absolutely madness
2: um and there's not a great solution like right the tasmanian devils have like has a very has other very specific problems but um so like so but for like there there are solutions here you could just crossbreed black-footed ferrets with other similar ferrets
1: yeah there are probably solutions to it but it is something to keep in mind when you talk about like the moral imperative of what we could do it's like well we're also introducing a species now that it says in the article will have a higher risk of like parasites and a plague because they don't have enough genetic diversity. It's so like, well,
2: well <laughs> the, uh, right, and I say, and then this happened in um, with the bananas not too too long ago, right? Nineteen like, well, like 1930s, aren't all bananas like 40s? the
1: same banana?
2: correct um (laughs) so have you ever noticed how like when um you taste like artificial banana it doesn't taste like when you eat like actual banana that's because artificial banana is based upon the old strand and it got wiped out basically like in a single like in a single year 99.9 percent of it because it's all genetically identical and so a plague came around and infected a tree which spread, spread to the next tree, spread to the next tree, and it just, the whole banana harvest just died on the vine. Right. Oh,
0: shoot.
1: Right. Wow. But then, and right. But then to go back to what you were saying, though, if you crossbreed the black-footed ferret with another closely related species of ferret, you are not in fact conserving the black footed ferret anymore. Um, You're creating a new species of ferret. Which yes, is...
2: but the genetic but the genetic material is still yeah.
1: prevalent. But is and that conservation it, anymore?
2: And as long as but and as long as it serves a similar <laughs> niche, it's the, the niche is being um, Okay, okay. Is, is being served.
0: Yeah. I was okay. just
1: curious, like is crossbreeding conservation? Anyway. I have,
0: I have one more question. <laughs> yep, yeah before we move on. So obviously we know that this is both happening and successful in animals we also know because we know how people work that this is also happening with humans although i think the only like actual sanctioned cloning that's being happening or that's been happening so far are like replacing specific body parts like you know heart muscles eyes things along those lines
2: that is not cloning it's not cloning no Cloning is um, uh, explicitly prohibited, um, basically around the world for humans. So then
0: what, is, what is that yeah. then? The, the, what I've just described. What is that
2: considered? Uh, so what you were describing is uh, like ste- is like stem cells. Right, stem cells. Is, yes, is stem cell research.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: So. that's I think two- the question. I don't want Sorry. to delve too too far into the biology yeah, we're here. Back. So, so the ce- obviously the cells that make up like your your skin and your muscles are different. Right. But you also know that you originated from a single cell. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that means that that cell had to be able to change its form into all of the other different
0: cells. Yeah. Like so um yeah, and like the whole point of stem cells is that you can you can inject a cell that then becomes whatever you need it to be. Yeah. Yes.
2: Um and so so you can so I'm not cloning your eye. Um I am taking a I'm taking either someone else's stem cells or yours, convincing them to grow in a particular way, to a
0: particular shape,
2: etc. So my initial I'm doing, question I'm doing some very, very large generalizations.
0: Well, yeah. uh, Obviously, there's a lot of science there that we're just kind of glossing over. Um, But my my initial question is, uh, because I I do believe it it still stands, and I, I do want your opinion on it. So, obviously, my definition of cloning was a bit weird. But, like, again, we know that people are, like, recreating body parts. And even if it's not legal, we know that human cloning is probably happening somewhere around the world. So, is being able to recreate these species a... As, as Anthony mentioned, going to be problematic moving forward. Obviously, we, we have now opened that door. Is that, is that new found interest in cloning and its successes going to be problematic for the future?
1: I mean, we're all nerds here. So we're all basically familiar with like sci-fi, dystopian sort of, sort of stuff. And I think there's a reason that question is is asked in in things like Deus Ex, the video game, but in general dystopian novels and video games and and all those things because um it is like a legitimate like we have to recognize this will probably like like uh like a black market for like cloned parts will will probably crop up at one point in some point in the future like that's probably a thing like. Because there's a black market for everything, and there's no point in denying that, like a black market for something that would have obvious insane value to some people, there's no point in denying that it wouldn't exist on some level. It's, I mean, you, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, there, people are going to try their best to regulate it, but uh, yeah, I mean, once the technology is out there, it, it's not, once the it technology escapes, it can't be put back. Yeah, it is, you know,
0: we want it to be you used for, problem.
1: yeah uh you know i think about the movie the island i don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie the island but that's yeah like that's the premise of the island right it's like we're cloning people for harvesting and surrogacy it's like yeah what seemed crazy 20 years ago is like oh it's
2: entirely unnecessary right which is
1: unnecessary so many
2: unnecessary steps
1: right um but the basic premise is like would we was that a thing some people would probably try to do and the answer is like yeah, people with resources and the ability to to hide uh, how they're spending those resources would probably try to use cloning or even stem cell research in various ways that we would find to be unethical. That's probably a true thing that's gonna it's gonna happen.
0: <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to reconcile that at some point. But you don't think we're yeah,
1: to no, the technology I don't think is advanced enough to do with any degree of reliability. You know, it's one thing to do it's one thing to clone an animal, but like cloning a person is a whole different level of complication.
2: That's fair well i mean so we've said so we all remember do- okay do we all remember dolly the sheep
1: yeah yeah i mean
2: so dolly didn't live that long yeah relative to sheeps born similar right. of the same species and the like under under similar conditions yeah. um there's a lot of problems that we don't that just because you just because you kind of succeeded doesn't mean like in the short term you haven't considered long term problems.
0: Mm.
2: And so yeah. we we'll, will this will definitely be worth following. But it's not problematic yeah. just yet. I mean I mean I would we should certainly have the we should be having the conversation
1: right
0: now. Now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before yeah. it gets out of hand. Yeah. That's fair. Yes. Yeah. I think we should too. And that like hearing things like this is both wonderful and terrifying at least to me because on one hand i think it's really awesome that despite the complications we are capable of this because for the most part this has been largely in my mind the realm of like science fiction but right like it's happening now like people are actively doing this it's somewhat successful and on that same token i always worry about what happens when you give people too much power that, I, I agree that it is something that's worth following, but I was I was at least cautiously optimistic when I read the article, and I wanted you guys' opinion on it, because I know you guys are a bit more science-y than I am, so just wanted to, to kind of pick your brains, not pun intended, about that. So, um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and then we'll be right back for the uh, round table. You still sticking here with me? Yeah, you still sticking here with me? And I
2: just wanted to say thank you. Thank you. I'm a scrub, but you still love me. You love me. I'm a scrub, but you still love me. You love me. Even though I don't make no money, you've been there when the times get ugly. I'm a scrub, but you still love me. You love me. I'm a scrub, but you still love me. You love me. Even though I don't make no money, you've been there when the times get ugly. I'm broke. Oh wait, shit. It's um the second verse, right? I it goes like, I've been stuck inside this pocket of death. Empty wilds and stress. Got to start smoking this cess. I turn redundant. I'm a con ignoring myself. Can't stomach her dwelling. said he telling me I'm the same. Welcome
0: back to the recap roundtable, the portion of the show where we take a topic and we kind of spin it amongst ourselves and see what we can figure out. Now, today, guys, we kind of talked about this a bit in the previous section, but I wanted to have a conversation with, specifically about the vaccine. I know that there are a lot of people who have a lot of feelings about the vaccine. And I think it's really important to just kind of share our thoughts on you know, what it is, how it's happening, how it's rolling out, what we think, where we think it could be heading, things along those lines. So I have, I have a few questions that I'm going to ask you guys and I'm going to answer myself. And I just want to go ahead and kind of pick your brains um, about what we think is happening here and obviously what we can do. It. Cool. Yeah. All right. Let's get started. So one of the things that I wanted to do originally, uh, I've, obviously, you guys know we work with Sasha. For, for those of you who don't know, Sasha is one of our other writers here at PointCast. Um, a couple of different times that we've had conversations, she had mentioned uh, that she herself was very apprehensive about getting the vaccine. And uh, when I had originally made this, the plan was to have her here with us. Um, And I wanted to kind of pick her brain about why that was concerning her because I feel like she would kind of serve as our microcosm for a lot of the other people that I know of anyway, who have had similar apprehensions. And so uh, since she's not here directly to answer these questions, I'm gonna go ahead and ask you guys these with the idea that we can use conversations that we've had with friends, family members, whoever, um, who have been apprehensive and see if we can kind of get a good list as to why people seem to be um, distrusted at the very least of the vaccine. Cool. Yeah. So the, the, you know, eponymous question itself is uh, why exactly don't people want to get the vaccine? Now we know COVID has done the numbers. It does. We covered those earlier. Um, I think at this point, we just about everyone, at least I know of anyway, is convinced that COVID is both real and is problematic. And so, if we spent this long, you know, making sure everyone understands the severity of COVID, why do you think people wouldn't be comfortable with taking the next step in preventing the disease?
1: Um, I mean, I think some of it is, I mean, it's complicated, obviously. Some of it is like, a. there's a real objection to, to, to people who have seen, uh, in some cases, medical science, be used against them who are you know i'm thinking of things like the syphilis experiment right with with uh, black men being intentionally exposed uh, tuskegee, to syphilis uh, tuskegee, tuskegee, tuskegee syphilis. experiments yeah
0: yep.
1: so like if that's a part of your sort of cultural uh background then it makes sense i think to have some some reasonable objections to to whether or not the science is in your best interest. That's like a reasonable assumption. Like you did once give us syphilis and not and not give us penicillin. You did that on purpose for decades. So you know we're skeptical. So I think that's fair. I think some of it is is that the science of vaccines is is maybe not as well understood as it should be, and that's because uh, it's not being talked about in ways that are. Very good. You know, I I posted this a week and a half ago on our Facebook page and shared it on my personal page. But um, so if you read a number that says the vaccine is 95 percent efficacy uh, at this rating, I think the common assumption is that means five percent of the people still get it. But that's actually not true. (laughs) because that's not what that number means in a a trial. So uh, it says in like Pfizer, it had 95% efficacy. What that actually meant was only 0.04% of the people got the disease who had also got the vaccine. It's not just 5%. It's way more effective than you think. So when you see a number like Johnson & Johnson is like 77% efficacy, that doesn't mean that 23% of the people still got the disease. It's much less than that. And what those numbers don't say is that uh, all vaccines have basically annihilated serious cases of COVID. So even if you get it, you aren't likely to go to the hospital. I don't think like in Pfizer's and Moderna, I don't think they, and maybe even in Johnson Johnson, Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, but they didn't have a single person go to the hospital who got the vaccine, right? So there was zero hospitalizations. So even if you get it, it's like, It really is like having the flu at that point like you'll be fine you'll stay at home you'll feel you might feel like crap for a couple days but you're not going to be on a ventilator (laughs) and that's not being reported right and so i think there's some good faith confusion about how effective the vaccines actually have been um so those are two of the factors that i think are in there alex i don't know what else do you what else do you have to add to that
2: um (sighs) All right. Well, there is there's an anti-science, there's anti-science, anti, um, anti-intellectual, uh, movement, especially in the, especially in cons- the in conservative circles, um, and that's been true for seventy years now. Um. Yeah. So this is just that the, feels fair. This is another instance of we don't have to listen to experts we don't um the experts don't know anything like any more than than we do and this is just another um thing of that uh,
1: um not, say another, that's just not limited to conservative circles though uh it's um it's, sorry in some, tur- area, in some areas in some areas it is but with the vac stuff you look at some of the places that are heavily against vaccinations and i'm like oh that's like heart of liberal territory in like california or new york
2: you're, you're right you're right um but i say but those okay but those would be the okay but there there are fringes always right right but we're not talking about i say i i know yeah okay that's okay. that's less of that's less of a concern we're really yeah. i say i am really talking about like I, I, i'm sorry my understanding was we were really talking about like from a like from the like a broad scale
0: yeah okay i got you then i got you yeah i'm with you yeah. that 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 was the idea when i okay. asked the question so there i mean so, so there are
2: two other i think there are two other things going on here one of which is um yeah our media is not science literate um this is a it's always a problem um it will for and it will forever be a problem until we until we do something about it um yeah they don't know how yeah. to like they don't know how to cover it most people don't understand what science what science is um yes. and we talked about this yeah. before when we were talking about the um the, like the way that the covid kind of roll rollout kind of worked um well he said here are our guidelines and a week later here are the revised guidelines yeah. And a week later here are the revised revised guidelines um and that like and people are like do you know what you're doing at all like you keep changing your mind and it's like well <laughs> But that, yeah, we're changing our mind because the information available to us changes, yep. and that's how this works. yep that's science. You guys aren't <laughs> wait like, you guys are three or four steps removed from this thing. By the time you hear about it, we've already done all of this. But because this was like such a national issue, because this is a global issue, it was under so much scrutiny they, like, you, you got, you you were, you were moved to the second, like, to the second level of, and it was, like, you, you got to see experiment, error, correction,
0: experiment, error, correction. Yep, yep. That's actually, so the, the, one of the things that I, you, you hit, you hit on this a bit, but the, one of the things that I've seen mostly in my own groups in regards to people who I know of who have been hesitant or like, completely against the vaccine in general is because they specifically don't trust science either because they are they happen to be from a disenfranchised group like African American, um, and all the you know problems that African Americans have with medical science in general, which is very understandable, um, along with a bunch of other people who want to stick it to big pharma and will like not accept anything <laughs> for any reason um even if it would be helpful but that one of the things that i I think is very important to kind of mention here as you said alex and this is part of the part of the things that i I was i planned to cover at the end of the, the discussion but i'm actually glad that you said it now is that like this this is a scientific method and like these things are changed over time and i think that the thing that i really want to say specifically about the vaccine is the fact that these have gone through trials i know a lot of people Who are worried that, like, you know, it came out so quickly? Did they even have time to test it? And I don't want to be part of the guinea pig process and a bunch of other things. But, like, there have been, like, those things have already happened before we even heard about it. So, like, I guess I've always been a bit confused as to how people don't trust that. But I guess maybe they were worried about the fact that it happened quickly and the the idea that people may have been cutting corners to make that happen.
1: Yeah. Well, and this also goes back to what Oxford was just talking about with, the, with the, the way the media, lack of media literacy when it comes to science. Um, because the media generally trans, trends towards sensationalism, if if 100,000 people get a vaccine and like 10 of them report really side bad side effects, the media is going to cover the 10. Like 10 people have developed bad side effects. You go, but that's out of 100,000. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really that's good. 0.01%. <laughs> right. Guys. That's really good.
0: But that's not that's not what they focus reported.
1: on. Yeah. It's not the nature of the media.
0: Fair. Okay. So uh, the next few kind of questions I have are about how, or kind of hypotheticals about how the vaccine will be rolled out or handled. And the first question I want to ask you is, how do you believe Americans will respond to the vaccine becoming mandated?
2: It won't become man- mandated.
1: Correct. I don't I think, think it will be become mandated because because the answer to your question, Josh, is poorly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, and, and, like, and I should, I'll, I'll clarify. So there are two reasons um, that's not going to become mandated. One, that would require a law yeah which would which would have to go through the senate <laughs> it's not like the filibuster's still there guys so it's not gonna happen even if even if it did well, let's suppose suppose that it would occur um like they they don't there aren't those there's no there's no federal law sorry i'll oh, hold on hold on i'm gonna <laughs> I could be wrong here I mean, As far we're, as I gonna know look it up. There is not a federal law Mandating um, vac- uh, Vaccinations There are state laws That mandate vaccinations But they always give exemptions Yep um, And in places that they don't Like the state laws always give exemptions And um, <clears throat> uh, The places that don't have exemptions Are private businesses And they get to do that And so that's what's going to happen. I uh, say I object to. I will not get this vaccine. Well, then you don't have a job anymore. Well, I guess I get this vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yep.
1: Then the breaks. A federal mandate. In addition to like, even without the filibuster, they couldn't get fifty votes. I don't think anyway.
2: Yeah, (laughs) but even if
1: even if they did, uh, you might be able to get a
2: weird. You might be able to get a weird coalition, actually. You could, you could probably- It would have to be real
1: weird, real weird. But, Look,
2: how, how
1: many, but you how, would, it would also ahead. have to survive the Supreme Court with the inevitable court challenges. And as you and I talked about before, Alex, like the district court in Texas would almost certainly find a reason to throw it out. Uh, and it would almost be run up to change the Supreme Court. But in the interim, I, I imagine it would be, they would put a moratorium on enforcing the law before the court decision came in. I can almost certainly imagine that happening.
2: Um.
0: Okay.
1: We can move on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's, or not it should. That's, that's Again, I, have
2: some, I have some. I can make some arguments, but that's that. Like, you know, um, the Japanese, inter- like the Japanese internment during World War Two, was clearly a violation of um, of uh, people's rights, but that didn't sh- like. And that, did, that didn't change the, like, the Supreme Court didn't interfere here.
1: Right. But that's because there was I nobody. Expect,
2: I would expect it to be something very, very similar. Um, they would just say they get the, they get to make the law. If they pass it in, co- like, if it was an executive order, I agree with you. But if they were to pass it through traditional means and be like, they made a law. They get to make laws.
0: Sorry.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> so the the let's we can we can go ahead and move on from that then. So uh, the next thing I want to talk about is kind of it, it's in it's in two parts. Um, the first is that I I so obviously what what happens if the vaccine becomes mandated? I, I thought there'd be a bit more of a discussion there, but it's it's pretty clear that that that's probably never going to happen. That's okay though. Um, I want to take this then to the next logical extreme. So yeah. effectively, what would happen if? There was like a, a beneficial reason for everyone to get it. So, like, say we—it's—it's it's available for everyone, and you know, obviously it's not required, but it's available. And one thing I wanted to go ahead and bring up in this case is what's currently happening in Israel. This is also something that's currently, uh, you know, listed on our Facebook page. There are uh, basically badges that you can you can have, you can download for yourself if you live in Israel and you've received the vaccine, and that kind of gives you the ability to go back to your regular social sphere you can do things like you know go you know go traveling you can do all the things you normally can't do because we're currently locked down because everyone can or possibly does have uh this disease right now and so how do we feel about the ability to you know make it available and have everyone get it but if you do you then have this moniker so everyone can know that you are safe and that's happened to you
2: Under the conditions that you have laid out, that sounds
0: reasonable. <laughs> I feel like there's a but. There's so I'm, many. I'm, I'm there's at least I'm one. Let,
1: say, I'm going to let respond. There's, there's a large caveat coming there. Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, uh I said we would we would probably be different opinions on this one, but. I think something like the green badge idea, uh, whether it be something you download or, or even a card when you get both of your vaccinations, um, I think that is, I think that can be part of the necessary step towards not only encouraging people to get the vaccination, but also towards getting the economy going again. I mean, let's say we have 35% of the country that doesn't want to get the vaccination so it's high enough that we don't get to herd immunity through vaccinations alone right that we are you know that we can't quite get there so let's say in this scenario so let's just say it's a 60 so let's say in this scenario you josh and alex both get it and i decide i'm not going to if without a way of saying that you guys have had the vaccine are you just supposed to wait until i like get sick or until something happens like are you guys held hostage by my bad decisions or are you you know whereas like if you were able to download this thing you might say look anthony's an idiot but we should be able to live life and here's our proof that we've done what we're supposed to do so let us like go back to the movie theaters um i mean or should people or should we i mean who's going to announce when it's safe to go back out again Are we just going to wait like seven or eight months for the government to tell everybody it's safe to go back out? So if you get the vaccine today, do you have to wait seven more months? Because without anything like this green badge, like that's kind of where we're at, right? We're all waiting until we hit this threshold and we're all just going to (laughs) wait. So what's the motivation to get it right now then?
0: Really, there isn't one. But and and I think that's that's part of the reason. Well, step toward
2: say to watch the green bar to to watch the green
0: bar get closer to the threshold. That's the (laughs)
2: reason to participate.
0: But yeah, Yeah, but but like for for the people who aren't actually (laughs) watching the green bar, or the people who may not be understanding that that's what we're waiting for. I feel like (laughs) at at the very least, this is a good way to get people to like want to take it. Right, I. I don't you're, necessarily you're right. I, I don't kind of necessarily believe that that's the best way to do it because I know that there's a lot of people who are liking it to the like the Star of David and a couple of other things along those lines. And we're not gonna get to that because that's another whole can of worms. But I I think that giving people an incentive, a selfish incentive to help get the bar raised is a good thing. I think that that's something that every government should be pushing for. I just, I, again, I don't know if this is the best so, way to do it, but I do believe it should be done. I believe we should give people. So a I, per- vaccine.
2: I agree. Here's my problem with the with the proposed solution, especially in Israel. You have created a caste system. Congratulations. Ah yeah that's that's yeah <laughs> um for like and, I say, and this would be the this would be the same problem if you like if you did this in the us um congratulations you've created a caste system um wealthy white people let's well, say wealthy people followed then by white people get to go about and do their normal lives and the rest of you get to wait and then at which point what incentives do people have to make sure that the left out people stop being left out? I
1: That's mean I, I I would say while that is fair, um I would say it does have to be weighed against do we want to incentivize people to participate in this? And right. I think in this case the greater prerogative is maybe encouraging like what we doing, what we can to make it worth people's uh, time to do this thing that we've really need them to do. This is why we've seen proposals about like, should we pay people to take the vaccine? It's because and we're trying to motivate people. And that's like.
2: <laughs> and that was exactly the argument I was going to make. I would yeah. prefer that. I yes. would prefer, Hey, in addition to the $1,400 check that we're um, going to be sending out soon. Um, trademarked um (laughs) (laughs) registered trademark of the the u.s senate um but i say uh we are going to pay an additional one thousand dollars per person in your house who gets the vaccine yeah in addition to subsidizing said vaccine
1: one of the one of the pushbacks to that idea which i support by the way but one of the pushbacks i saw was well if it's so good why do you have to pay me to do it
2: um, because you're, <laughs> because you're
1: like, um, What I'm saying is like, selfish. people keep, right. But people keep thinking of counter reasons, like why incentives are bad, but we you need pay. to incentivize people to do this thing. Somehow, Otherwise we they incentivize won't incentivize them. Right.
2: Look, you're, you're people are going to do that anyway. I don't like, it's not worth, it's not worth it.
1: It's not worth your time. It's not your breath. We pay you. We, 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 we let you fill I, out like, what if it's a physical card? What if it was a physical card, Alex, as opposed to like a doubt? Is this a privacy
2: thing for you? You still, you still you no, know, I have, pro, I have <laughs> I have problems. <laughs> I don't like cast systems, Anthony. They were bad. They're bad. I mean,
1: some would argue we already have one, but. <laughs> You're, okay. All right. Different conversation, but. Different conversation. Look, I, Look, I agree. And I think your concerns are well founded. Um, The idea that, like, it is a well founded concern. But I also, you've probably seen the numbers. The numbers of people who are hesitant to get this vaccine are far too high. And we're going to have to do something to convince, like, another 20 to 30% of the population to get on board here. Like,
2: okay. Yeah. But private businesses will do that.
1: I, I don't yes. I don't
2: think they will they, they will because they don't want to say actually okay um, especially since they um, since uh, it's very unlikely that um, Democrats are going to be as eager to give these businesses protection and handouts as the Republicans were, you will because you don't want to be sued. you don't want to be sued into oblivion. We will let you be sued into oblivion so you're going to do the thing.
1: And you mean they're gonna mandate vaccines as a condition of employment.
2: Yep. That's what's happened before. It's what will happen like that's the thing. This anti vaccine thing, it's new, it's a it's it's a new fervor. Um, but it's always been around. It's been around since vaccines were made.
1: That is true. Yeah. yeah. So that,
2: that is accurate. I say so. This isn't anything new, and this is how like this is largely, I mean. Uh, that, that's like polio was, was like, there are these groups against polio until kids stopped dying of polio. And then it was like, well, well, shut up, Susan.
0: <sighs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Okay. So um, that's, that's, that's pretty good. I, I like, I like where we've got that right now. So I've, I've only got one final question here um, about the vaccine specifically. And it's regarding the rollout. And this is, we we already kind of touched on this a tad bit. Um, Effectively, we know that the vaccine is not currently available to everyone, although we know that that's eventually the goal. Um, It's currently being rolled out in phases based on, you know, effectively how much contact you would have with COVID and how much protection we can give you for that. That's currently being handled by States like that. That's individual to like how they want to handle that. I have two questions. So this is technically two parts. First, do we believe the rollout would be, and I mentioned this beforehand and I know I told you we get to get back to it. First, do we believe the rollout itself would be helped or hindered by federal involvement? That's the first part. And the second part, which I guess we technically answered already is how could we get more people to be on board with getting the vaccine as a whole, but we've already kind of talked a little bit about that. So we can maybe focus on the first part.
1: Um, I mean, I, so of course I think the vaccine rollout would have been better with a more actively involved federal government. I mean, that's like obviously true, but I also think the vaccine rollout hasn't been as bad as people keep saying it is. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've posted a couple of things on my own Facebook page and I've seen some of the data and the U S is doing pretty good in comparison to like every other Western nation with the exception of like Israel, which is like the world leader by a million miles. Like Israel is clearly just beating everybody else in vaccine rollouts. Um,
2: Weird and what there's anotheritarian another... regimes can do yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes. Totalitarian <laughs> regimes have a natural advantage when it comes to like forcing their governor citizens to do things. There's another smaller country, uh, the Seychelles, that has been better of better than us. Um, uh, things like the UAE has been better than us, but and we're like kind of right around there with like the UK. But considering our size, like just the sheer logistical challenge of what the US has to do in comparison to like Israel or the Seychelles or in some way even like the UAE or the UK, which are not anywhere near our size or have our geographic footprint. Um, We've done really good. And I had talked about this. The numbers were starting to tick up at the end of Trump's time in office. Like the numbers were actually starting to climb. We had started out really slow. And then we had started getting to like a million a day. And then we were approaching to like 1.3, 1.4 million a day. And this was at the time where Biden was saying, we're going to do 100 million vaccines in 100 days. And I I was pointing out to people like, well, Trump would get us there because he's already got us on pace for that. That's like too low and now we're crap we're approaching two million a day um we're like doing good like getting a country this big to move quickly is really hard and yeah we started well, yeah. slow because it's we're like the Titanic. it's like really hard to get going but you know we're going now and now biden is here and he's going to put some more pressure you know he's going to put a little more behind the get behind the wheel and then like put his foot down a little more um but I think we're doing pretty damn good.
0: I remember you shared, I I remember seeing that article on your Facebook about like America, like I'm pretty sure it was about like, uh, if I remember correctly, please correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like the American spirit is great, but it takes us forever to actually get started. But once we actually get moving, we do basically anything better than everybody else. Right. The comparison was the moon race. Yes, that's what it was. It's like, look,
1: like they had Sputnik in space. And we were still on Earth. We were like, we can't even get to space yet. And they're already like, have Sputnik up there. How the hell are we going to catch them? And they were like, we're going to do it because, uh, because that's like, that's, we're too prideful to lose this thing. (laughs) Like, forget the Russians. We're not going to let them We're too angry to lose. And then we did it. We like put a man on the moon. And they're like, how the hell we had a man in space? Yeah, man, we got to space and the moon. Like we did it. Because that's like what we do. Like, and you know, this This sounds like you're in danger of sounding like, you know, a uh, flag-waving, like, nationalist, American which is not what I am. Right. That's the danger here. But so here's the thing from the article I shared. In absolute terms, the U.S. has given out more total shots than China, which had a head start on us and has a lot more people. Huh. But, like, in total numbers, we've done more than they have. Like, we're doing good. People should be enthusiastic about, like, hey – Like we're doing good here. Like keep up the good work. Let's keep the numbers going up. Let's all try to stay, you know, sort of gung ho about this
2: thing. So so yeah, (laughs) I know we've talked about this off air, um, but we talked about when Biden said 100 million uh, in in 100 days. Yeah. um, That was a that was a foregone conclusion (laughs) when he said that. Right. like that's this that's the thing about having like a competent like politician as president right. is like when right. he says things like he knows that that's going how that that's basically yeah. how it's going to work out yeah
0: he um, set a he's really not going low to bar.
2: he's not going to set yeah he's not gonna <laughs> he's not gonna you know publicly shoot for the moon um right uh it's right like, yeah This is not going to happen, Um, especially And I was reading, you know, um, epidemiology papers and they're talking about if you effectively utilize this, you could have four like you could have four times that number in the same amount of time.
1: Yep. Yep. Which I think is a realistic goal. So just another thing. So the U.S. is third. The U.S. is third place in terms of percent of our population who has gotten both first and second doses. And Israel Mm -hmm. is first and Seychelles is number two. Uh, number four is malta number five is denmark Slovenia, romania spain italy lithuania portugal you might notice countries that are way tinier than us we are like number one of the big boy countries in terms of getting our our people both first and second doses we're like we're number one we're number one <laughs> and, and, and that is
2: and i i want to uh like um, bring bring this up and that is despite that is to like in spite of the kicking and screaming and foot dragging being done yeah. by some states yeah yeah um it, cough cough it, indiana
1: yeah, cough, <laughs> oh, yeah yeah and this is and, in spite of like the president when when trump was the president not really actively engaging with the vaccine process and in many ways holding it back though his operation warp speed just threw money at the problem which is like what it actually needed They just threw money, and they're like, hey, build some vaccines. They're like, all right, we got you, fam. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like we – I had mentioned this to Francine months ago, even before the first vaccines were really coming. I was like, America is and always was the world's best chance for a vaccine. Like we – that was true from the beginning, and I guess people didn't really believe that. But it was always the case that we were probably the most likely country to get there first and then we did and then like four of our other companies got there before everybody else did too um so trump and, threw money at the problem and they we did, just
2: weird, sir, we, we did not get there first it was got there first
1: yes okay so but like our pharmaceutical <laughs> companies have been like leading the way here um
2: yes which was which i US think was branches. always
1: It was in conjunction with their U.S. branches, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was also, (laughs) but that was also made possible because like those companies, with the exception of, I think it was one company, they all took Operation Warp Speed money with the exception of one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's because like, even with Trump's, right, even with Trump standing in the way, uh, the companies took money and they did their thing. And the, the federal government, there was so much incentive to do a good job that even with with governments like not being helpful the companies are like yeah but there's no reason for us to not be helpful (laughs) 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 Pfizer's like you know how much money we're gonna bank off of the research we've done here we have a lot of we have billions billions of reasons to do good here (laughs) yeah that's think, what we were counting
0: on. <laughs> I think part of my general issue is that I kind of got swept up in, like, the media nonsense about all the people who don't want to do it. And I'm obviously having lots of conversations in my own personal life with all the people who don't. So my brain is believing that this is a much more prevalent issue than maybe it actually was. And so it. I read that article and 100% forgot that I had read it until you brought it back up. So, like... <laughs> I, I'm actually like, it, it feels really good to hear this again because I was worried. That's half the reason why I even wrote this in my, in my notes here is that like, I was worried that we weren't going to make it. And that like, because there was so much kicking and screaming and because there were so many people who were against it, that it wasn't happening. I I was just under the impression that it just wasn't moving. It's really good to know that it actually is.
1: Yeah. So, I mean i would say to sort of so there are two areas that i think could potentially hold us back one is supply problems which is where i think biden if he can like kick these companies into gear use this is what i mean like trump explicitly right he has he recognizes supply could be an issue in a few weeks at the rate we're going it'll be a supply demand will be a supply problem and he's kicking those companies to get them to make more and the other one the reason I try to sort of remain like bullish on this is because I do think vaccine hesitancy is the long-term issue. Like down the road, if we get to like 55 or 60% of people, like that's not enough. <laughs> so um, trying to publicly be bullish on this is, is like my way of trying to improve people's uh, I want to make, I want people to be more, enthusiastic about getting the vaccine because i don't know what the number is alex what is it 75 80 somewhere around there in terms of the percent of people who have to get it. It, it it varies depending on the disease obviously but do you happen to know what it is with this particular one
0: uh, sorry no, because we're okay. still, we're, <laughs>
2: we but also the the very the ver, um variants keep right the keep variants, coming up right,
1: right. yeah yeah uh, as, as a
2: note as a note um the number of variants um exponentially increases with the number of cases so i don't know yeah if you don't want to get like have a super like have a super like lethal version or anything like that you should get the vaccine
1: yes that is an excellent point (laughs) yes the more times the vaccine the more times the virus is spread the more chances it has to mutate into something even worse. Um so uh, as,
2: as a note, this also <laughs> this also holds true for um like the drug companies, like um South Africa like Africa and South America and these tip and Asia and these typically underserved markets. Yeah, you need to get them too. Yep. Um yeah. Because unless you want to do this again, I mean we're all for a variety of reasons not um we're gonna do this again much sooner than we want to the we than, 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 like whatever number you think for like the next pandemic um is going to occur um cut it in half yep. M- maybe more
1: um and the part about places that need to that need to get it that are less advantaged um that is a good point because you know we look back at what happened with polio which is like polio wasn't eradicated until what late 20th century I, I don't know the exact year but it was like 50 or 60 years after we developed the vaccine before we actually eradicated it everywhere um, and that was because there were places that just weren't getting the vaccine for decades so we don't want that to happen here because of what Alex just mentioned which is um, you don't want it to mutate in 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 A third world country uh, mutate into into something way worse, that then comes back around to us like a boomerang.
0: Um, 2020. Yeah. Polio was there. You go.
2: Polio was eradicated in
0: 2020.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So yeah, so it took almost 80 years to eradicate polio after the vaccine. It took almost another 80 years to eradicate
0: it. So this is only obviously the first step. Like, obviously, there, there's a whole lot more that goes yep. into it than just yep. getting the vaccine. But obviously, getting the vaccine is the important first step. Yep. So uh, you know what? We'll, we'll go ahead and leave that be the mic drop. Guys, get the vaccine if you can. <laughs> also, let's help all the countries get the vaccine, too, if you can. Yeah. So, with that being said, this podcast has been brought to you in part by Eliak Production, a studio for podcasters and musicians, and of course... PointCast. listen to any of our other podcasts, please go visit our website at PointCast.com. Dot news or you can find us on apple podcasts also be sure to like us and follow us on facebook again that's where we share our articles we like to be uh, very vocal there me and, me and Anthony um, we really like talking with you guys we really like you guys engaging with polls and such we also share those whenever we can on our personal pages as well so thank you for being here with me today guys thank you for listening if you are and I hope you have a wonderful day you guys are great get the vaccine bye bye